Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but everybody is wrong. What? That's, <laughs> that's not how it that's goes. That's wrong. That is no, that's wrong. Not, who changed that? I don't know. I mean, the killer, the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah, that's true. You wrote these notes, Andrew. <laughs> I sure did. I'm going to do it clean. Is it somebody is definitely wrong or someone is definitely wrong? It's someone. Someone is definitely The show okay. where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. <laughs> Matt, leave all this oh in. My God. Oh, God. No, I, yeah, want people to, I want people no. to see it. People absolutely need to see our whole not. ass. It's right around episode 130 where we just go the whole way off the rails and can't nail our own intro. <laughs> All right, I'm starting clean. This is the first take ever <laughs> in three, in two, in one. Welcome to season six where we're phoning it in. You don't think critically and then put a Pop-Tart into your body. I am highly caffeinated and minorly concussed. Aruga, aruga. What came first, the love sack or the gravity gun? It's my turn to do a sin with Sonic. This is for the freaks. <laughs> Too much piss. That's the kind of bad decisions we like to hear sleepy ass bat. How much shrimp can you fit in your mortal body? You told me you guys would be cool. That's season six intro material right there. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and Bloodborne clones featuring beloved fairy tales in the public domain. Because I've been playing the game Lies of P. And it is a Bloodborne clone, like we talked about Bloodborne, like it plays like a Dark Souls Bloodborne game, but it's just Pinocchio. You play Pinocchio in a super macabre world run by murderous puppets, and uh, you hack and slash your way through a litany of nightmare puppets. It's great. Hack and slash nightmare Pinocchio is quite the word salad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How's the game? It's great. It's really good. good. <laughs> it's really good. Okay, how much menuing is in this game? Because it sounds like it might be for me. It's not for you. It, I mean, it's it's, Son of it's a Dark Souls. So it, right, yeah, it's fine. it's not a ton of menuing, but it's as much menuing as you get in a Dark Souls game. So it's like you're still doing equipment to get those numbies up, and you, you're doing yeah. level ups and stuff like that. But watch a playthrough because it's really fun. Another uh, Midnight Souls monkey paw. It's Midnight Suns, you nerds. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. This also, this conversation reminded me that I still need to watch the Winnie the Pooh horror movie that came out yeah. this year, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. which I googled the name of and is Winnie the Pooh colon blood and honey, which I really like. Is that what we're doing for Spooktacular Express? Do we do that? So speaking of nightmare puppets in the, in the uh, uh, free public domain, you guys hear that? Is that you guys? Is you that guys off that? in the distance? Is that a that a train it, whistle? A ghost? A ghostly train whistle? Oh no! It sounds like a ghostly train whistle, ladies and gentlemen. The Spooktacular Express has arrived, and it has arrived on time on the platform here in debate this train Q, train <laughs> HQ. Train <laughs> Q, Andrew oh. Henderson. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's October, and it's our time for our annual Spooktacular Express Halloween month. And uh, all this month, we're going to do fun Halloween-themed content. And today, we're going to kick that off with talking about a property that all of us have had some affinity with at some point in our lives. 
And earlier this month, you guys may or may not have seen this, but we as a collective society were treated to a trailer for a new Disney Plus show that was not Loki season two. Percy Jackson and the Immortals, right? Also mm, not Percy Jackson it. and the Immortals. Another one. So coming October 13th will be the fourth adaptation of R.L. Stein's classic Goosebumps series starring Justin Long as an English teacher who gets possessed by the spirit of a kid who died in the 90s or whatever. He's playing alongside a bunch of spunky teens that are just Gen Z TikTok memes. Like, that's it. They're just like, hey, my boyfriend likes the uh, the uh, Roman Empire. Like, they're just doing TikTok memes. I do like that the more recent Goosebumps, like, reboots have also been a like, hey, remember the 90s? Remember yeah. when the 90s? Because the <laughs> yeah. Jack Black one had a bit of that, too. There was a Jack Black one, wasn't there? Was there was a Jack yeah, Black yeah. one. There, again, this, oh, is, this is the fourth adaptation of R.L. Science <laughs> oh. Goosebumps. And let's be really clear. This is the fourth cinematic adaptation because there have been hundreds of adaptations yeah. of the Goosebumps series. <laughs> well... Speaking of that, Matt, R.L. Stein called me up, actually. Uh, he, he, well, he walked over to my house because he lives in Columbus. And uh, he knocked on my door and he was like, hey, I'm R.L. Stein. And uh, he said, and to paraphrase. Impeccable R.L. Stein impression. And uh, impeccable. And he was like, I'm, R- I'm R.L. Stein. How are you? Um, I have some business to attend to. And he basically got like a Jordan me, Peterson vibe to him, kind of. Well, a little R.L. Stein Todd. and Jordan Peterson in the same. Yeah. Todd, have you camp. seen R.L. Stein and Jordan Peterson at the same time? <laughs> Don't do this. No. Not to R.L. No. Stein. We shall not besmirch the name of prolific kids horror author R.L. Stein. Kyle's Kyle's just asking questions. I'm just asking questions that need answers. Steinsy came up to me and he was like, look. <laughs> I'm a little concerned that viewership of my fourth cinematic adaptation of Goosebumps is going to be cannibalized by other things in the Disney Plus canon, like the aforementioned Loki season two. And he said, debate this. How can you help me? And I said, Steinzy, why don't you come inside? Steinzy, baby. (laughs) Steinzy, baby. So together... Uh, he and I both, we speaker dialed, um, speakerphone dialed Bobby Iggs, who was actually in the middle of throwing eggs at a picket line. So it was good to, <laughs> you know, give him a break. And in between him being a vehement enemy to organized labor, Bobby Iggs said, Steinzy, you got everything you need right here. <laughs> Debate this or the foremost experts in all things pretend Disney plus content promotion. So I called up then DTS exclamation. Oh my God, I'm sorry. (laughs) I I then called up DT exclamation point HQ's new business development department. And they sent me a request for proposal, which I then forwarded to RL Stein, which he sent back to me with the following request. Gentlemen, we are to adapt Goosebumps colon the books colon the show to a video game. Goosebumps colon the books colon the show colon the movie colon the video game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> colon the show again colon well, the books <laughs> as uh, as uh, an amassing of short stories at one point colon the movie those details are for you three to decide and so ladies and gentlemen i have collected our top and only adaptation experts matt jack black cole todd alex brightman thomas and kyle hayden christensen harper i have a guess i want to venture yep. a guess 
are sure. these all three actors who have portrayed R.L. Stein? Not necessarily portrayed R.L. Stein, but have been in different adaptations of Goosebumps. Okay. So we already right, mentioned fine. Jack Black was the main was the stunt cast for the movie in 2015. Alex Brightman, who is more more recently known as Beetlejuice from the musical Beetlejuice, uh, was in the musical adaptation of Goosebumps. Oh, oh Beetlejuice oh. of Lauren Boebert fame. <laughs> we will. <laughs> Lauren Bo- oh Lauren God, okay. Beetlejuice. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, I hope that's still relevant when this episode comes out. <laughs> Uh, we'll not. talk about it more in the post show, but boy, howdy, is the Goosebumps yeah. musical incredible. The Beetlejuice yeah. musical? No, the Goosebumps musical. Oh, there's a Goose... There is I said a goosebumps. what I said, uh-huh. Kyle. Yeah, Alex Brightman was in the Goosebumps musical. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Hayden Christensen was probably the most famous non-R.L. Stein name connected to the original Nickelodeon show, which he only appeared on like one episode. Wow. Before he was Anakin Skywalker, right? Uh, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Did you know, and I learned today, that you had to be Canadian to be on the Goosebumps show. Oh. Filmed in Canada, you had to be Canadian. Interesting. Canada has some crazy laws, like, protecting its art. Like, is it 25% of all uh, radio played in Something Canada? Something like that, yeah. Has to be Canadian artists, which is how, huh. like, the Bare Naked Ladies and Nickelback, like shot up the charts is because they oh, I like love this were the best of the canadian artists so they're like yeah, yeah play a lot of them and then they crossed over obviously to american radio yeah. but like i mean aren't the bare naked ladies pretty much the goosebumps of mid 90s alternative rock I've been we saying all that say for that. years. I, I know. That's classic Todd Thomas. I don't know that I would say that, but okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, guys. We got We got to get... We have some work to do. So tell me which classic Goosebumps story you're going to adapt into a video game. Start with a high-level overview of the type of game this is, who are your main characters, and finally, which platforms, platform or platforms, this is going to be for. Matt, let's start with you. Look, Andrew, if we're going to make a Goosebumps game, I think that it's important we lean into the fact that we truly have the shoulders of giants to stand on. Like you said, this is the fourth cinematic adaptation of the Goosebumps series. Well, you said that. Well, I said that, but it's important (laughs) because there have actually been a bunch of Goosebumps games already But I actually want to bring it all the way back to the very first one, 1996's Goosebumps colon Escape from Horrorland, which you may or may not know was a full motion video point and click adventure game featuring a Mm. post Jurassic Park Jeff Goldblum as Dracula. Wow. What what a sentence. Talk about word salad. Does he frame that sentence? Does he give a Tim Curryan? type performance uh similar to tim curry and what is it like command and conquer command and command conquer, and conquer. it's not that far <laughs> off from tim curry and command and conquer <laughs> escape from horror land is one of the many adaptations of one of my favorite goosebumps books one day at horror land for those unaware 1994's one day at horror land first i'll describe the cover because that's what everybody remembers from goosebumps books yeah, yeah it's like a a white billboard that says welcome to Horrorland." it's got this big green monster with horns peeking over the top yeah. of the billboard you get it anyway yeah. 1994 is one day at Horrorland features a typical suburban family who get lost on their way to zoo gardens 
only to find a surprise amusement park in the middle of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> that in itself is a nightmare. Like, to be clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, if you just... You're like, oh, I'm lost. Oh, mm-hmm. I've stumbled into an amusement park like, that I didn't know oh, existed. No. I'm good on meth. I need to get out of here. <laughs> Keeping amusement park secret is hard. You can't yeah. just not let people know there's one of those in the woods. <laughs> anyway, they're greeted by spooky green horned monsters and experience a whole slew of terrifying amusement rides and are forced to run for their lives as they discover that the gates are locked also, their car explodes like really early in the book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but the big twist here and spoilers for a nearly 30 year old child's book. They've actually been on the monsters hidden camera game show the whole time. Love it. So there have <laughs> been a couple of horror land games already, but none have captured the magic of that twist. All of the, of the Truman Show mm-hmm. twist at the exactly. end. Exactly. Yes. Man. All of them have been from the perspective of the family. And I ask you, wouldn't it be fun if we made a Horrorland game from the perspective of the monsters? <laughs> okay. But Matt, we are the monsters. <laughs> we are all of us the monsters in Goosebumps colon Horrorland Tycoon. And that's what we're going to do today. We're doing a roller coaster tycoon. Build yourself a roller coaster amusement park in the middle of the woods that nobody knows about where you capture families and then you get fun cutscenes about the hidden camera game show that you're making. And importantly, the main character, because I know that was part of the question In the book, we follow Lizzie, Luke, and their friend Clay, who are just, you know, standard self-insert teens. Mm -hmm. The main character of Goosebumps colon Horrorland Tycoon is actually going to be this monster named Rich. He was the host of the Hidden Camera Game Show in the Nickelodeon show, (laughs) and he is an incredible character that we cannot lose to time. So Rich will be the main character of Goosebumps colon Horrorland Tycoon. Okay, that's I really like this. I don't know why, but I immediately thought, of, does there, do any of the three of you remember 2002's Manhunt by Rockstar Games? No. Yes. Kind yes, of. Yes, I do. You kill a man with a plastic bag. What? You kill a man with a plastic bag. Yeah. It was released on the, on the coattails of GTA 3, and it was supposed to be this like, hyper hyper gratuitous like very very violent it was like the saints row of it's of yeah. the time where like yeah gta 3 came out and someone had to up the ante as far as extra violent extra yeah. violence goes but the, yeah. the whole bit was like a pre-saw kind of like this is a hidden camera show this takes place in a prison and it's like a bunch of like a bunch of prison inmates are going to try to kill this one man and all these cameras are going to capture it as like a macabre reality show. And that's what I thought of. But I think yours is better. Your version is better than what I just said. It definitely is. I'll talk about it a bunch throughout this episode. But you can't do a Goosebumps thing without some camp. We need more camp mm-hmm. in Goosebumps video games. Yeah. And that's what I'm bringing here today. Great. Uh, Todd, what about you? Yeah, um, I want to start by doing my Robert Lawrence Stein impression. 
good. Oh, hello. I'm Todd G. Thomas, <laughs> and I'm here today to talk about Goosebumps books and the story of Eddie and Sue. Wait, in are you night. R.L. Stein or Todd Thomas? Wait, Same I'm question. I'm, I'm R.L. Stein, and I'm here <laughs> okay. to talk about And I'm here to say, Goosebumps. I'm going to tell you, you a story in a spooky way. <laughs> the R in R.L. Stein stands for Todd. Yeah, this is really Todd. What he what he's doing is he's doing an impression of R.L. Stein doing yeah. an impression of Todd yeah, Thomas. It's, it's it's pretty meta. I wish you all would keep up. Um, but anyway, the story of Eddie and Sue in a night in Terror Tower. The adventure starts right here in the torture chamber. <laughs> Isn't this fun? Hey, do you guys remember how he would start each episode of the show? It was yeah. like not that far off of that. It was just him <laughs> speaking to the camera and being like, all right, it's spooky. Good luck. And then it just pan away. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to talk about A Night in Terror Tower, uh, but it's going to be A Night in Terror Tower as a virtual reality survival horror game from the perspective of Eddie and Sue. I don't know how many spoilers I'm going to get to. I'm probably going to ruin this whole goddamn two part episode show it's, it's but 25 years old it's okay it is 20, yeah, 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 yeah it can this this show can rent a car the statute of limitations passes after 20 years 18 years yeah. i think we're good so the whole bit here is that it starts out with them touring an ancient castle and it's weird haunted mysteries and so as they are embarking on this seemingly innocent tour of a castle and their parents aren't there for reasons Spooky things begin to happen. So, you know, like weapons are falling off the walls. Statues seem to move. They think they see ghosts. You know the drill. Spooky 90s stuff. Mm -hmm. Spooky 90s stuff. Yeah. Spooky 90s stuff. And that all is fine and good until they get separated from the group that they came in with. And they find like a secret passage that's haunted by these long dead prisoners because, you know, sure. And so <laughs> now... Armed only with each other's company, the two must escape a haunted tower while deciding what danger is real and what danger is, is fake and just like a, a figment of their imagination. So think like eternal darkness for the GameCube, like elements of that where it's some things they're imagining and some are real. And now imagine this. This is all presented to you with the most crisp graphics of the choice of VR options that kids are using nowadays. I don't know. I don't do anything in VR, but that's what they're doing. It's the Neuralink chip Elon Musk is implanting in everyone's gotcha. heads. So they'll be yeah. playing this using the Neuralink chip that you have to get by subscribing to X um, or Twitter Blue or whatever they're calling it. <laughs> so yeah, that is that is uh, that is what you're getting. My God, I cannot wait to talk about a Night in Terror Tower, uh, and it, the name is going to be a Night in Terror Tower VR by rl stein because that shit's gonna fly off the shelves <laughs> but whatever fuck it nothing matters <laughs> all right a night in terror tower in vr by rl stein colon the game a, a robert lawrence stein joint mm -hmm. great uh kyle what do you got yeah andrew so i don't know if todd and matt like understood what we're doing here but we're trying they to really make do we're, we're trying to make money we're trying to sell games um, and I don't know that a like an amusement park management sim or a VR game is going to sell the games that we think it will. Yeah, VR famously not exciting. You know, well, famously <laughs> very cost prohibitive for kids who don't have a way to earn income. But you do you. I am 
combining the very popular series Goosebumps with a very popular genre of games, especially among the kids we are trying to sell these games to. So, Andrew, I'm going to be adapting Welcome to Dead House, the story of a haunted house that a family moves into. Um, but we're going to pitch it as a cozy horror decorating game in the oh, yeah. vein of <laughs> Animal Crossing that also slowly lets you uncover a mystery and reveals its horror elements like the game Inscription did. Mm. It seems normal at fir- like a normal cozy game at first, but the more you play, the horror elements come out. So players will get to play as either Amanda or Josh, siblings, as they move into a new house. They're not super excited about it, but both siblings have their own rooms now, which they will get to decorate. And through placing things in these rooms, they may or may not anger the the spirits that inhabit this house. And uh, some some spooky things may happen to them based on the decorations they choose. All right. Feng Shui is my favorite part of a horror game. Yeah, definitely <laughs> is. Cozy good. Halloween or cozy horror was is a really good term. I mean, that's pretty solid. Like, I'm not yeah. going to argue with I'll I'll poke <laughs> holes in a lot of things, but like, that's definitely a genre. It is legit because I was like, what's a cozy Luigi's Mansion? Yep. Cozy horror. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cozy, cozy horror. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into the plots. As we all know, every good YA horror story needs to have some common and relatable preteen issue turned on its head using fantastical themes. So what's the overall plot to your story and how does it incorporate the things that every kid is going to identify with? And how will your game then follow its source material? We'll start back with Matt. Yeah, Andrew. So I hear you saying, you know, you want this game to identify with kids and and you want it to be something that everybody who plays it is going to see themselves as one of the main characters that is the prompt yes (laughs) i know i hear you giving that prompt and i'm not gonna lie to you that's just not what we're gonna do we're not gonna do that uh because kids (laughs) Uh, we're gonna spend money on video games they're not they're not where the money comes from the money comes from people who are going to buy in on nostalgia bait, and that's who we're aiming at. This is going to be a fun, joyous, silly, and goofy game. The main character is going to be Rich, the horror, who just wants to get rich while being rich on his <laughs> Horrorland TV show. But we are going to reference a bunch of shit from the books. Those references are going to be the different things that you can purchase and upgrade to construct your horror land. We'll start at the very beginning with the infinite slide of doom, the doom slide from the book, (laughs) which is how they... From the book, doom slide. (laughs) You know, from the book. (laughs) Holy shit, is that doom slide from the book? (laughs) The very same. They use the doom slide to soft kill off the third kid in the book, he disappears into a slide that goes on forever. So, oh, you know, that's what he's doing. What a terrible way to die. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like cop slide, but bad. <laughs> Users will also be able to not only purchase the ride type of the coffin cruise, but will be able to trench out and terraform their very own lazy river for the coffin cruise to float down. 
gamers will remember the coffin <laughs> cruise from both the book and the TV show of <laughs> Goosebumps One Day at Horrorland. Look, I don't know what else you want from me. You're going to be able to buy the rides from the books and a bunch of other things that we will also do. Perfect. I <laughs> landed on this idea before I realized there was a plot question, and I am sticking to my guns on that one. So that's what you get. All right. Well, I don't love your answer, but I appreciate your confidence. Todd. <laughs> How would you like to handle this direction? Yeah, I got it. Don't worry. So just as a setting here in 2001. So in 2001, the story of A Night in Terror Tower was actually ranked in the top 300 best selling children's books of all time. Hmm. So this has late 90s into 2000s gravitas behind it. So you've heard the kids talking about this story. And I'm here to keep talking about it 20 years later. <laughs> Todd, I defy you to find anyone yeah. that could tell you the uh -huh. plot of a night in terror tower without pulling up the internet. Same. Yeah. Well, there's going to be, there's going to be four total of us by the time this episode is done. And then, and then a couple thousand listeners. So RL Stein's hanging on my couch and he's like, he's just like, yeah, it starts. He's just going off on it right now. He remembers. So yeah. there's one. Yeah. Uh, Bob Larry Stein knows it. And I think <laughs> yeah. that we all also know. Anyway, the point being, yeah. you don't mess with perfection. So we're going to follow most of that good, good multiple decade old source material or so I'm led to believe after watching the two-part TV special about it. So we are going to follow the entire arc of Eddie and Sue as they go on a family vacation with their family parents. Ugh, am I right? <laughs> they just don't understand, so, Todd. Yeah. And and so, of course, they go overseas, I guess, to England um, with their parents. And then they go on an old castle tour as their parents go to a conference, I guess. Because that's what you do when you go to a conference at a hotel. You send your kids on a paid tour of a spooky castle. Anyway, they get separated by every helpful adult imaginable. <laughs> and so the theme of kids surviving scary situations with honestly the the not subtle undertone of how you should never stray away from your parents or something like that <laughs> are going to be uh, a theme of this story. And that is all to say that the themes of kids running away from scary adults and and being unable to figure out confusing currencies in a foreign country and, and getting chased by a cab driver. And oh, also, there's like weird psychological horror elements. Oh, and also they're going to time travel um, because like if there's one thing that Goosebumps books are really good at, it's weird twists at the end. Just yeah. to like out of left to field do twists. Yeah. Just, just to, to do, do it. it. I, I cannot wait to tell you more about this later and probably in the post show because quite literally, I don't know, two thirds of the way through this story. It's like, also, you're time traveling now and I can't explain <laughs> why, but the Cockney accents are 400 years earlier than they should have been. And everyone is in the streets and dirty. <laughs> that's how you know you're in medieval england as everyone is, is in the streets i was and gonna dirty. say it's got a real a real like oh how can we really drive at home everyone is squinty and covered in dirt and very cockney <laughs> yeah you're just like you tra get transported into oliver twist it, you are an oliver it's it's like a uh oh it's like a wishbone episode everyone's dressed <laughs> everyone is dressed so specifically they're like i feel like i've gone back in time they probably used yeah. the same like wardrobe from wishbone this is the same wishbone set we're gonna check to see which one came first uh, my money's on wishbone i think kyle's right yeah yeah the show came before yeah the show because the show aired on pbs like 
while the books were still coming out. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Yep. We're going to do time traveling, I guess. Because <laughs> it's not bad enough that you're in a scary tower. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to drill down in for a second. Yeah, you want to so, just dive in? Because, like, I do, I, I do really. Why don't you badly. just connect the thread? Yeah. So, so who here watched a famous TV show that had four seasons and two of which were good, Prison Break? Do you remember Prison Break? Nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. Okay, listeners, this is for you. I know of Prison Break, but I didn't watch it. Same. This is yeah, a Todd ass Todd yeah, show. Yeah, listeners, this is for you. Just hone in with me for a second. So, Prison Break was a show about this dude who broke in who got arrested and put in a prison to save his brother because he had like the tattoos all over his body of the the map to get out of the prison right and so after they broke out of the prison (laughs) season two was still them prison breaking but they were no longer in a prison they were just running from the law they were just doing it for fun they were just breaking they were just just breaking (laughs) well then then season three put them back and they had different prison yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. but they weren't good at it so they were breaking bad people don't know breaking bad is actually (laughs) a spin-off of prison break yeah and then by season four the enemies had become friends and so they had to prison break out of the system anyway the point being here is that much like prison break once they break out of the tower, they have to break out of a different thing, which in this case happens to be middle medieval England. So that is what's going oh. to happen. There's going to be twisted turns and also magic and also a time traveling executioner that follows them. I don't know. It kind of feels like everyone was just high when they wrote this book and they didn't actually really think about what was going to happen. I thought there was going to be more context. And I, oh. and that's on me. Oh, yeah. no. Okay. No, here, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just give you the bit. So they go back in time and they're arrested and they're in like a jail cell. And this guy's like, oh, I'm your father. I sent you forward into time <laughs> with new memories to save you because we're all about to be executed. And they're like, oh, well, that doesn't make any sense. And he's like, yeah, well, even worse, when I sent you into time, somehow this medieval executioner also followed you into time and he's <laughs> trying to kill you. But he's also followed you back in time as well. And he's also still here to kill you. Quick, <laughs> so, not, me those, so pass, nothing I did matter. Yeah, that's <laughs> just those, the plot of Terminator. That's yeah. <laughs> the Terminator movie, Todd. Uh, quick, pass me those three magic stones. We'll use them to get out of here. And I'm not sure why. And then the two kids get out of there and suddenly the man who's their father who sent them forward in time only has two of the stones because he used one of the magic stones to get out of there. And they're like, haha, we're here now in the future. And then you see a, a shadowy hand enter the scene and it's holding a stone and it's the executioner that re-followed them back into the <laughs> present time again. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, this is just this is just cool. Terminator. Yeah, it's 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 it was, different Terminator. It was like a and every adult is mad at the kids. Every adult yeah. is just furious. Well, at these it was children. it was the '90s. True. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a real quick moment where they go to the hotel where their parents are, and they're like, "We're here to find our parents," and they're like, "Okay," and they're like, "They're at the conference," and the guy's like, "There's no conference at this hotel." Whoa! <laughs> and the kids go, "Okay, so can you give us a, a key to our room?" And the the bellhop goes, "Yeah, of course, you know, because back in the '90s, if you asked for a spare key to your room, they would <laughs> just give it to you." Yep. And they go, "What room are you in?" They go, "1450." And they go, "That room is vacant." <laughs> that room's been dead for 30 years. <laughs> I I was wholeheartedly waiting for him to go like room 14. 
wait a minute, there's only 12 floors in this hotel, but they didn't do that. <laughs> That's a different Goosebumps book. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, somehow somehow they ended up in the present with their parents overseas at a conference, but their parents don't exist and neither does the conference. So really, it's all just hanging by a thread. Mm-hmm. Kyle. <laughs> yeah, Andrew. So it's move-in day. Hooray! <laughs> Except you aren't excited because you're 12 and you moved away oh. from all of your friends and ah. the new house is old and creepy. But you decide to make the most of it. Uh, you have a whole room to yourself now. You don't have to share with your annoying sibling, brother, or sister, depend- the opposite of whichever character you chose to play as <laughs> will uh, be your sibling. So you get busy decorating your new space to be all your own. You don't get much mileage out of the decorations from your old room because it was only half a room. It was smaller and you had to share it with your sibling. Uh, so you go looking around your new home, looking for anything that might liven up the place. You find an old box of toys, a baseball mitt, some old non-copyright violating branded dolls, some crayons, Great. et cetera, et cetera. A box of old kids' toys. Uh, you pick something out of the box to be your new uh, first decoration in your new room. Um, and you turn to head back upstairs when you come face to face with a child that you've never seen before. It's not your sibling. It's just a kid. You're in your house. Uh, startled, you trip backwards and fall. Uh, your family runs in to see what happened, but the child is gone. And no one saw the child leave the room. <sighs> As the game progresses, you're able to explore more of the town you moved into and uh, more of the house. And talking with other residents, you learn that something happened at this house, but it's hard to figure out what exactly. No one really wants to talk about it. And the the little bit of information you get conflicts with itself. You get, you know, different details from different people and they don't seem to add up so you continue to decorate your room you like you know patronize the shops in town bring home some stuff you like made or found at school and start decorating your room but as you do that more and more strange things start happening decorations will get knocked off the wall in the night or moved into a different spot in the room as you come home from school you got a poltergeist you know you you put a poster or hang a shelf up on the wall and you swear you see the hole from the tax start to bleed just whoa spooky spooky things like that yeah that sounds like a landlord problem to me (laughs) (laughs) paint over it (laughs) you you own the house you 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 own and yeah you gotta you gotta deal with the wall blood yourself (laughs) sounds like it's not a bug it's a feature yeah (laughs) as the nighttime rearranging of your room happens so do more frequent sightings of this ghost child you saw at the beginning of the game um as you play you learn certain ways of decorating the room putting things in certain spots elicits more friendly or more spooky responses depending on what you put where you deduce through clues and gameplay that this must be the ghost child's old room and figure out that Maybe if you decorate it just right, you might be able to talk to this ghost child and figure out what exactly is going on. A logical expectation to have. Yes. You've yeah. got a parlay with the ghost child. Yes. 
I really like this, and and I'll tell you why. Because it 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 made me think of much like Matt's first thing made me think of 2002's Manhunt. This made me think of Unpacking. Are you guys familiar with yeah. Unpacking? Nope. No. It's like a five to ten hour game where you just organize stuff from like you unpack oh, and you organize stuff. Yes, I do know yeah. this. Yeah. I my brain immediately went to like. All right, if you put all of the shirts and the jeans in the right place, the ghost will appear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah, I think so. Little little decorating, little mystery to solve. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun time. It is it is cottagecore horror. Like cozy yeah. cottagecore horror. You yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, those of you who have followed our other scholastic content may remember we did an Animorphs flavor text a few years ago. And as we discussed in that flavor text, the success of the original run of Goosebumps relied heavily on the perennial event known as the Scholastic Book Fair. The Scholastic Book Fair was this thing where we would all, as kids, be excused from classes in the middle of the day. To go to participate go buy, in capitalism. To go uh-huh. participate in capitalism, exactly. And and we could buy books for like dirt cheap. And it was like you could you could walk in with a ten dollar bill and and be a And king. you were king for the day. Yeah. yeah. You were king for the day. The real game changer at the Scholastic Book Fair was in the like mid 90s to late 90s when it got to the point that you could buy computer games there too yeah. and that was that was really something wild it certainly felt like a cheat code for being a kid yeah why do i why would i buy a book when i can buy i mean roller coaster tycoon like why yeah, would i do true. that but it's at the scholastic book fair at your school so it must be educational so oh, mom and dad it. yeah like, definitely give me twenty dollars to buy roller coaster tycoon it was set up in the library so it feels like learning yeah 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 well guys we we need to emulate this feeling and i'm gonna ask each of you to tell me what viral marketing stunt you're gonna enact to make sure that every lower middle class kid in suburban america is gonna have a copy of your goosebumps game whether or not that is your target demographic Matt. <laughs> yeah man it's easy look we're gonna send the horrors out to pass out the game what are the horrors you may ask i would love to know that is i guess the race of monsters that work at horror land they're called the horror land horrors and then Mm. horrors as a type of monster like a minor league baseball team. It is a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Monroeville zombies energy. Yeah, the, the horrors become part of the extended R.L. Steiniverse, and it is continually this, you know, race of typically green, but also sometimes like purple and blue monsters with these big like ram horn situations. And the TV show did them really well. I am certain that those costumes are still in storage somewhere. We're going to pull out those costumes for the Horrorland Horrors, and we're going to send big old costume monsters out into the world <laughs> with copies of the game. And what they're going to do is they're going to hide in bushes around amusement parks and also just like parks. And then people are going to walk by and they're going to jump out and be like, Horrorland, and give them a game. And <laughs> it'll go super viral. People will be talking about it like crazy. It'll be just like the the clown epidemic. Of, like, I the was clown just going to say, remember the 2010s when the scary clowns were everywhere? It went great. 
it was 2016. It was it was an election year, and there was like yeah. this random clown panic. It was viral marketing for Stephen King's It. It was not. I don't think that was it. Or if it was, it wasn't hasn't been confirmed. And I feel <laughs> That's like what it I remember. Before 2016. And anyway, back to talking about my thing. We're gonna do that, but with <laughs> horrors, and they're gonna pass out the game. Actually, what they'll probably pass out are like code cards that get you like a hundred coins in game mm. to spend on a roller coaster or some shit. I'm sure this is uh, just so. absolutely riddled with microtransactions. Yeah. But and yeah, then the sure. police will come and hand out mm-hmm. restraining orders to the yeah, costumed to the horrors because. Yeah. They jumped out of bushes at kids and gave them things. Well, those are just independent contractors, Kyle. They're yeah. disposable. <laughs> <laughs> Gig economy and all that. Uh, all right. Todd, what about you? The only thing that would have made Matt's better is, we'll see there's an app, right? You download the app and it tells you <laughs> yeah. where kids are. And that's where we send the monsters. <laughs> okay. Um so when we were growing up in the in the age of the Scholastic Book Fair, Pizza Hut had the reading reward program where every sure book did. you read gave you this like little gem sticker. And then after like eight or ten of those stickers, you know, put them on a coupon and you take that coupon in for a free personal pan pizza for five dollars worth of pizza. <laughs> yeah. Candidly, yeah. this by itself propped up childhood literacy for like a whole generation. Like I yeah. like Thousand kids percent. read kids read books. I think they like legitimately correlated uh-huh. a rise in literacy because like to that like the reverse the reverse of what Dare did to get kids on drugs this <laughs> did to get kids to read good. I mean let's let's be candid here. Times are changing and and books are for nerds. So we're gonna flip that script now. <laughs> when you at the Scholastic Book Fair buy your copy of A Night in Terror Town VR a uh, Robert L. Stein joint, you get a free <laughs> coupon with all eight of the stickers already stuck on it that can be turned in for a personal pan pizza. That's right. Buy the wow. game, get a pizza. Because um, here's <laughs> the thing. like, What is a VR game about a book if not just an audio book for your eyeballs? So you're basically reading a book <laughs> by playing this game. You should get the pizza for free. There it is. An audiobook for your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. We like to call that in the biz a book. <laughs> I said what I said. It, that, this is a really funny premise, but I, I do feel like I need to point out that the latest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, Shredder's Revenge, this is quite literally the marketing stunt that they did was, hey, buy our game and we'll, we'll send you a pizza. Yep. Yeah. I mean, great. That's yeah. it works. <laughs> Tried and that true. That game sold a jillion, jillion copies. Well, it's because it was on Game Pass. Anyway, Kyle. Yeah, an infinite amount of, of copies, an uncountable amount of copies. Yeah, Andrew. So what do kids love more than Animal Crossing and cozy horror games? That's right, candy. Nailed so it. we are going to pair up this Halloween, this spooktober, <laughs> with Candy Maker. That's not anything. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> We're gonna pay, we're gonna team up this this October with Candy Maker Hershey and put codes for our game in every piece of Hershey candy. Those codes can then be entered into our game, and we'll provide players with a a a box of loot, so to speak. <laughs> mm. And that that uh, sure. 
box of loot. I, I can't think of a better name for it. We'll provide new spooky decorations for your room. So, you know, you buy candy, you put your code in, you get new ways to decorate your room. Perfect product tie-in. Small little bite-sized candies will be like more common prizes to pull from. The bigger, like normal size candy bars will be your like standard rarity items. Oh, and then like so you're saying the contents of these boxes of loot is random are random? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. Random to a degree. Well well you'll you know, you'll have the bigger candy you buy, the better stuff will come in your loot box. Mm. So like even the box small of loot. Gotcha. Yeah, box of loot. Even mm, the yeah. small fun size candies can get the super rare items in their boxes of loot. Oh, they can. But you're going to have a much easier time getting them the bigger sizes of candy you buy. The bigger sizes have a lower percentage of the like more common items and a higher percentage of the rare items. Man, I wish I had a better name for what we could call our boxes of loot, though. <laughs> you know what? Let's just not complicate it. It's just a goodie bag. Goodie bag. That's just great, yeah, Todd. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah thank a little, you. little goodie yeah. bag of loot. Yeah. Yeah, just a sack of stuff. Sack a of sack stuff. of stuff. So, yeah. Goodie bags. Sacks of stuff. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> All right. Well, one of the things that the, the Goosebumps book series experimented with later in its life were the choose-your-own-adventure adventures, I guess. Um, and this is like a very particular thing that I, I I know I remember. I think everybody has some sort of connection, yeah, to the, the choose-your-own-adventure. And it's like, I don't think this invented this, but it definitely, like... I think every, like, scholastic franchise or series or whatever yeah. was drug through the, like, choose-your-own-ending yeah phase at some point yeah 100% like this again this I don't think that this created this genre but it definitely like blew it up I think you know everybody remembers goosebumps for this for this thing anyway so tell me how you can incorporate one of these beloved choose your own adventure type books into a game sequel and we will address this these answers when we return from this break Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two? Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three-hour-long story, like a movie for your ears, so you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So, join us on a real-play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast, fantasy action, mystery, friendship. Okay, so super secret bonus question yet again is make a choose your own adventure out of your chosen game sequel, like the Goosebumps choose your own adventure. You guys know how Goosebumps basically invented choose your own adventure books. They didn't, but let's say they did. Uh, For the sake of argument. Do that for your games. Uh, Matt, what do you got? Yeah, Andrew. So when you're doing a roller coaster tycoon game, in a sense, you already have your own choose your own adventure as the designer of the theme park. However, <laughs> you already I, have your own choose. Yes. 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 You can choose. Although I do believe we can go deeper here. Elaborate on we... the adventure part of that equation, Matt. <laughs> Please. Same question. Kyle, I don't know if you've ever embarked on the adventure of a business, but I would argue <laughs> that that is what 
running an amusement park is. I, it's I, the adventure of capitalism. I hate that. No, you know he's got a, he's got a point there. Adventure doesn't necessarily mean fun. It just That's means true. adventure. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I think we can go a little deeper if we create a patron mode. So instead of being the monster, you get to be the human going through the horror land, and then you get to pick what <laughs> rides you go on. So not only do you get to choose your own adventure as a patron, you get to build that adventure as a Horrorland tycoon. You can toggle between mm -hmm. the two of them. It's just like the original, not roller coaster tycoon, the Sims theme park game where you could sit in rides and watch a POV from the weird <laughs> roller coaster. Oh, God. That's a real thing if you didn't remember. But yeah, that's what we're mm. doing. Horrorland tycoon patron mode. I think patron mode is it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, attendee, attendee mode might be better. Visitor, okay. visitor mode. I like visitor mode. Horrorland tycoon, visitor mode. Great. <laughs> I, I realized Matt just talked for like three minutes, and I don't know what the fuck he said. And I <laughs> same couldn't tell you. I I don't know what most of the things he said today means, but but goddamn it, if he isn't confident about it. <laughs> Look, I think we got there. I'm just saying we mm -hmm. got there. Plane landed. Uh, Todd, go for it. So I had already told you a bit about the ending of the original A Night in Terror Tower. And the ending originally was the story you found out that you were actually from the ancient past and that you were royalty and that like your dad sent you hundreds of years into the future, but yeah. also accidentally some executioner followed you and then followed you back. I don't know. It's convoluted. So a sequel to the VR horror of a night in Terror Tower would just be that setting again, but with you able to make different choices. So... Mm -hmm. In this game, instead of following a linear path, we're going to add that like telltale-esque opportunities to change the flow of the story. So some some staples of the original could be changed. Maybe you decide to club the cab driver with the fake mannequin arm that you stole instead of just being unable to pay the, the cab fare and then having the scary adult chase you. Wow. Maybe you sneak a lighter or like a vape pen into the castle so that when you go back in time, you're effectively like a warlock and worshipped like a god because you have <laughs> fire and vape technology. I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> maybe vape maybe when you get set back in time, you don't actually get sent back into the future. But now you reign as a new magical overlord with your vape technology in the past, kind of as like a new game plus sort of Fable 3 way. I don't know. Anything mm -hmm. that gets you away from the quote, and everything was fine in the end, or was it ending that that Robert Lawrence Stein the Third is so keen of? You know, anything that gets you away from that is is great for me. Hey, can I ask a question real quick? You can. Is all New Game Plus just a choose your own adventure game? No, no, I don't think so. No, because man, it's shitty. This is the best example I've got. New Game Plus for like Call of Duty is just <laughs> shiny gun. So it's it's numbers go up more. Yeah, it's, it's really it's NFTs. Yeah, New Game Plus is just NFTs. Oh, I hate that. No, all right, that's worse. Refuse, okay, it's time for Kyle's answer. That. I would like to recluse my question. It's Kyle's turn. There you go, Kyle. Um, yeah. So anyone who know who has read Welcome to Dead House knows it is not just one uh, spooky ghost undead child that we are dealing with. It is an entire uh, spooky ghost undead family. Um, so in the sequel, Welcome to Dead House 2, we are going to explore that a little more. 
in the original, you are only decorating your room. The sequel, you're going to decorate every room of the house. And um, okay, mind blowing. The decorations yeah, you choose <laughs> and the locations you put them will trigger different events depending on the rooms you put them in. Different stories with different spooky undead ghost characters that inhabit the house. It's almost as though in the original, all you could do is decorate your own house. And in later generations, you could decorate like a whole island. Like you could you could decide where the museum goes. You could like decide where to plant flowers. Maybe the flowers cross pollinate. It's like that, but uh. but haunted spooky <laughs> but ghosts. <different. laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I'm just surprised no one's done it before. Yeah, me too. It's a really great idea. And um, Andrew and execs, you could be the first to capitalize on it. Yeah, they're feverishly writing in the background. Do we have execs in this one? Is that it's hard, hard, hard to say? We that's know. a you question, man. Yeah, that's not for us. Hey, that's I'm wait, not. Andrew. Do you see the execs in the room with us right it's, now? No, we're we're specifically talking to Bobby Iggs. It's not yeah, execs. Right, it's Bobby Iggs. Right. Yeah, Marl Stein's in my in my living room. Uh, he's talking to me through through Bobby Iggs. Bobby Iggs and Bobby Stein. Anyway, I gotta go find Bobby Stein because he's been on the he's been passed out on the couch for the better part of the evening. Why don't you all hit me with some closing statements and and just wrap this bad boy up? Andrew, look, they've already slapped the Goosebumps branding on plenty of video games. You can release another adventure game. You can release a weird cozy core game. And turns out both of those things pretty much already exist with the Goosebumps branding. Or you can be different. You can make a roller coaster tycoon game. You can call it Horrorland. Or you not. But I think if you didn't, it would be a bad idea. So that's my closing statement. Your closing statement is I could be different and create a game that is something something tycoon. Yes. Well, there aren't that many of those out there. So no, certainly not. The tycoon, at least not the under the Goosebumps umbrella, is uh, really, <laughs> really untapped. Perfect. Todd. Andrew, virtual reality was made for a couple of reasons. But in this game, it's being used for immersive storytelling, thrilling jump scares, and now for the first time and only time, up-close cockneyed accents. And so I just really think that if you don't capitalize on this moment, you will regret you will regret it. Okay. Uh Kyle. Uh yeah, Andrew. Um Cozy Horror is the new up-and-coming thing among Gen Z. It's your opportunity to break into <laughs> this new diverse market with an established name that everyone knows with goosebumps. Okay. Great. Uh, well, I've got to go consult with the experts, not the execs, the experts. One of us has to get on the line with Bobby Iggs, who's just throwing eggs at picketers, which we'll have to, you know, we'll have to. No, that's that. done. It's not done. Wow. It's, <laughs> as of this recording, they've reached a tentative agreement. <laughs> the WGA has, but SAG-AFTRA yeah. has not yet. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I rescind my... Uh, so that joke still plays. Um, anyway, good vibes. Do it. Do it now. Hey, <laughs> do <it>. I <laughs> look, I thought that this was a lot of fun. I also thought that there was more substance to Goosebumps books. And you know what? <laughs> 25 years removed. Turns out there isn't. I 
think that Todd putting Goosebumps in VR is really fun. I don't think that there are a lot of properties that I would actually want to see go a VR route, but I think Goosebumps is kind of fun because you can do things that are like spooky and and a little like icky or whatever, but you know, still have a fun Goosebumps resolution. I think that's pretty cool. And your idea of time traveling and and forcibly inserting Cockney answers is certainly something that you said today. And Kyle, look, I've never been the cozy core gamer, but I know that that's a big old market and I don't think that you can miss with a cozy core game. I appreciate your commitment to sticking to the story of the Goosebumps <laughs> book. Welcome to Dead House, which, you know, barely has a story to begin with and was also the entire first season of American Horror Story, the first one. So that's cool as well. Matt, you took a game that I love, Roller Coaster Tycoon, and made it spooky with Goosebumps. And I actually really dig that. Really like that. It is just incredibly surprising that there is not in existence already a horror tycoon. I don't know. It seems very <laughs> strange that that doesn't already exist and a major oversight. And I'm sure that I will not be corrected by the time this episode is done. No. Kyle, you did something I really love. You took a game that I really love, Animal Crossing, and you combined it with Goosebumps. And I think that's really special. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to repeat what I said you to Matt. Just, <laughs> just swapped the names out. <laughs> I did a control F and I switched them. No, I, I, I think there have been some attempts at like cozy core spookier games. And I'm sure that like I've not played any myself, but they're very good. Kind of like what Matt said. You can't go wrong with a good cozy core game. That is like a, a genre that has that has exploded out of out of nowhere. and. I think you told Andrew that the Zoomers are really into it. Feels like they are. Yeah. I feel like that's the kind of thing the Zoomers are, are doing to get away we from. Got the, we got the numbers on it. Yeah, they're really, yeah. They're really into Zoomers it. turn to that important. to get away from the scariness of society like mm -hmm. we all do. While they listen to their true true crime podcasts. Mm, yeah. Yeah. They love true crime. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, you, like Todd said, I love Roller Coaster Tycoon. I don't see why a spooky roller coaster tycoon would be bad as far as i'm concerned you fixed five nights at freddy's and that's that's a win <laughs> in my book <laughs> todd um night and terror tower is a vr game is very good very good and scary i like that a lot i like the idea of creeping around a haunted medieval tower in my apple vr goggles that that i paid 3200 dollars for <laughs> in the future when when i have those i guess it was actually a, a packaged exclusive. It came with every set of Apple VR goggles. Mm -hmm. I'm, haven't you all played? You all have those. Yeah. Yeah. All of us have them. Mm -hmm. They're like the purple game or 964 controller. We all have one. <laughs> Collectively, we all have it. <laughs> all right. Well, I've consulted with Mr. Stein. It's been a really, it was a really difficult decision, but I think we feel confident in the direction that we're going. So first up, Matt. Rob, Mr. Robinette Lucario Stein felt as though <laughs> he was like, you know, I really like Roller Coaster Tycoon. But Matt kept saying this thing where you play as the monster's perspective, and I don't know what that means. Hold on now. Well, you just play as the monster's perspective. You just play as the monster's perspective. You just I tried to tell it. him. I tried to tell him. Despite what we're not going with it, Matt, I want to commend 
the confidence and the passion to which you delivered today's answer because I felt it coming from you, even though I didn't know what you were saying. I really liked what you were saying. You know, just because you don't know the source material doesn't mean <laughs> that I should be penalized. And I will put that out there and well, rest my case. I, I mean, to, to, be, to be fair, he said it was Roboblock's longboarding Stein that didn't know <laughs> what correct. you meant by, by Monster's yeah. perspective. Yeah. Todd. Uh, I you did a very of, good job. You you did great. Everything was great, Mister Mister Roberto. Yeah. yeah, Lorenzo. Sure, got it. All right. He he didn't even say Stein at the end. He just Stein, left that one go. Okay. Mister Steinathan, Jonathan Steinathan. Jonathan Really initially reacted very well to um yours. What the fuck was your the, what was the book called again? Night in Terror, Terror Tower. <laughs> as put as some, his, some respect. Put some respect his, on your chest. Oh, it was sorry, one of the, the top-selling <laughs> books of the 90s. All these titles are so much the same. It, this happens to be a personal favorite of his. So he was like, ooh, what's Todd going to do with Night in Terror Tower? I specifically wrote this for him about the 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 crazy parents in the executioner going back, to, back in time. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll tell you, when we got into the VR portion, he got a little bit triggered because he's intimately aware with the what we did a couple years ago with the uh, Ice Climber episode yeah. or the ice climber execution and is still pretty triggered with the absolute impending nightmare existential mm. horror nightmare that was ice yeah. climber in vr and he was like you know what i think we're gonna pass on vr this year so what that's gonna say is kyle Ooh. we're going with we're going with cozy core yeah we're going with cozy core for a couple of reasons one your answer immediately made me think of unpacking a game that i very much love but also a game that i've never considered to be spooky but in tying those two things together i was like that's really fun and cute in a in a in a in an interesting way for like for kids right like we have we've had a couple like spooky cozy core games that come out of the the one like animal crossing clone where you're like a gravekeeper comes to yeah mind. I think, yeah i think it's called gravekeeper one. i think it is called gravekeeper yeah so uh, i really i really like that the direction that you went i thought that was uh, a, a fun twist on the make a spooky game and so with that, thanks everybody for listening to Debate This. Y'all can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast or on our website at debatethiscast.com. Insert train noises here. <laughs> and don't right. ever get tired of it. That's right. <laughs> it's October, and that means it's time for Debate This to do two things. One, make train noises. Two, ask you to review our show. <laughs> Review our <laughs> we're show. All train, we're all out of train noises. So here's the deal. Last year, we challenged listeners to add 20 new reviews on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And in exchange, we said we would stream Todd playing through Doki Doki Literature Club. Well, my God. And the vibes and the vibes were there. You did. <laughs> and so we did. And it was a great time for everyone, except maybe for Todd. Yeah, no, sorry, we're going to stop this for a hot second. <laughs> I went home that night after the second night of, well, let, let me, my partner watched along remotely both nights. The first night, she was like, what is this game you're playing? I said, well, it's like a spooky, a spooky dating game. She's like, it's okay, it's just slow seems, burn. It just seems weird. <laughs> sure I'm like, does. yeah, I think it's going to get spookier. And then when I came home from night two, when we finished the game, 
She was, okay, but what the fuck? Like, what, what <laughs> yeah. was that? And I said, I don't know. I saw what you saw. It's really good. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. Um, look for us at Debate This Cast on YouTube. Also, fun note, all of our episodes are up on YouTube now, and we'll be uploading episodes weekly on Thursdays. But anyway, back to reviews. Um, this, is me, this is me committing to something live on air. So we're going to do the whole review thing again. So this, here's the deal. If you're listening out there, even if you've left us a review before, go on to Apple, Spotify, whatever your podcatcher of choices, write us a new review, screenshot it, take a picture, whatever you have to do, tag us on some social media, whatever social media is your choice, blue sky it if you have to. Oh, no, and we don't have that one. We don't, we don't have, have Blue one. Sky. We have well, threads. Know, it can be threads. threads. Do the threads. Someone invite us to Blue Sky. so we Someone can... invite us to Blue Sky. Yeah, yeah you jerks. Yeah. Add us on Diablo 4. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and if we get 20 reviews again by the end of October, by the end of Halloween, we will do another spooky stream game TBD. I'm Until just mad next... that, hang on, wait, no. Can you pronounce that word before stream again, Andrew? Because you typed it out with like five O's. Yeah, in it. we'll it's a, we'll do another spooky stream. <laughs> Thank you. That's better by its Christian name. That's <laughs> by its Christian name without any energy or passion behind that word. <laughs> Speaking of delivered without passion, I'm Andrew Henderson. I'm Matt Rigatoni Linguini Stein Cole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Todd. Life is a choose-your-own-adventure story, but everything ends in some form of minor depression, Thomas. And I'm Kyle, desperately hoping I didn't de delete all my train sound effects, Harper. <laughs> and we're saying, thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds.